welcome back to the tiny town of Kepler. Situated in southeast North Dakota, Kepler is home to some rather interesting citizens. Main Street is buzzing with excitement as the town is just days away from celebrating their 150th anniversary. Every business proudly hangs posters and a brand new vinyl banner is going up over the main road and even the big rock at the edge of town has been power washed and the plaque with the town's history rebronzed. Yes, just about everyone in Kepler is doing their part in getting ready for the big day, even Mrs. Fisher's class. Settle down. We have a special guest today. Many of you already know her. Helen Schneider is here. Hello, children. I'm here today because we are on the verge of a very special occasion in Kepler, North Dakota. That's right, children. And Mrs. Schneider wants our class to participate. The year 2021 marks the 150th anniversary of Kepler. That would be our sesquicentennial. Sesqui stands for one and a half, and centennial for one hundred. One and a half hundreds. Sesquicentennial, 150 years! Thank you for that lesson, Mrs. Fisher. There's always a teachable moment. Most of you know the story of our founder, Klaus Kepler. I haven't gotten to that yet, Helen. Oh, well, I'm sure Mrs. Fisher has a great lesson for you about the founding of this town. I do, and the Kepler curse. Oh, many of you have heard about the Kepler curse from your parents, but I am here to tell you that there is lots more about the legend of the Kepler curse. There certainly is. Klaus and his brother, Albert Kepler, came to the United States in 1841 to find their fame and fortune by working on the railroad. When the Civil War broke out, they did their duty and fought for the Union. At the end of the war, they both went west to settle down and build families. Klaus brought his wife, Astrid, and his younger brother, Albert, was single but looking for a wife. They found themselves in Fargo, North Dakota. Which was initially called Centralia. That's correct, Mrs. Fisher. Vargo wasn't much of a town, and the brothers thought that they would have more success going south. And they found themselves where we are living right now. Because of their connections to the railroad, they knew that the Northern Pacific Railway was planning on expanding west, and it needed a station along the Red River to act as an outpost for the expansion. The plan was to meet the executives of the railroad as they came up the Red River by boat and bribe them with the money they had saved to build the outpost in Kepler instead of heading north to Fargo. But that scallywag of a brother, Albert, was a drunk and a notorious gambler, and he lost all of the money. As Helen continues to tell the story of the Kepler brothers, the classroom begins to fade away. The town of Kepler changes from 2021 to what it looked like in 1871. A small gravel road with just a few ramshackle buildings, the prairie stretches on as far as the eye can see. At the end of the town sits a large home that's just being built with a barn not far behind it. Slumped in a heap in front of the barn is a man who appears to have slept outside. The image becomes sharp as another man rides up to the barn on horseback. In the distance, thunder rolls. A storm is approaching.
Wake up. What? They're gone. Who, who's gone? The railroad men. Thought they were coming later. Oh, stop it. Stop it, Albert. You knew they were going to be here today. D- did they come up from the river and see the town? Yes. They came in and saw the three buildings and four houses. I told them all about our plans and how we're going to grow this town into a great city. So, what happened? The money, Albert, the money. It was because you lost it. Gambling. Klaus, I can win it back. Oh, no, Albert. I am done with you. I am no longer going to cover for you. I covered for you when we worked at the railroad. I covered for you when we fought in the war. And I've been covering for you since we came to this town. I can't build this town with you here. So what are you saying? I want you gone from this town by tonight. But I'm your brother. You aren't my brother any longer. You can't do this. I talked to my wife, Astrid. She says she wants you gone, too. Please. Klaus! Klaus, come back outside. Let's talk about this. Please! You'll never see me again! But I want you to know that I put a curse on this town! I put a curse on you and I put a curse on your descendants! And that is the legend of the Kepler Curse. That story always gives me the shivers. The railroad men went north to Fargo and built their railroad through there. And that is why Fargo is a large city and Kepler remained a small town. Do we know whatever happened to Albert? We know he went west, but he was never heard from again. He probably died a sad and lonely man. Don't drink or gamble, children. And you can find all of this on the plaque on the big rock as you are coming into town. We're taking a field trip out there tomorrow morning. You can also read all about it in my self-published book, Kepler, Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. Tell your parents to hurry up and buy a copy. I only printed 1,000 copies, and they are selling like hotcakes. The sesquicentennial celebration is next week. I wrote a short play for you children to present at the celebration. We are going to dress you up as characters from 1871 and reenact the founding of Kepler. Are we going to include the curse? Of course! Complete with the bucket of water and everything. Do you have any questions for Mrs. Snyder? Yes, Jack. Can I play Klaus? We haven't decided casting yet, Jack. I think we're going to have auditions tomorrow. Of course you can, Jack. Oh, we'll give all of the other parts out tomorrow. Thank you for coming, Mrs. Schneider. You're listening to The Kepler Curse by Kevin Kennedy, part of the Kepler Radio Play series exclusively on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM, KFGO. Welcome back to The Kepler Curse, a radio play by Kevin Kennedy. 
Set in the fictional town of Kepler, North Dakota, we rejoin our cast of characters as they're getting ready for the big day, the 150th celebration of Kepler. After school that day, Jack ran straight to Ray's Diner, excited to tell his mom Carolyn all about the founding of Kepler and what he learned in school that afternoon. Hey, Jack. Your mom just went in the back room. Ray, do you know about the Kepler curse? Sure. Do you think it's real? Well, some people believe it is. Do you? I'm not a big believer in curses. I believe in curses. All of the founder's family is supposed to be cursed. Well, I, I don't know about that. But my last name's not Kepler, so I guess it wouldn't affect me. Is there anyone in town that is a Kepler? Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, no one still has the Kepler name. You know, I think Tanner's family are descendants of the Keplers. Tanner is a Kepler? I, I think so, but his last name isn't Kepler. Wow. Do you think he has the curse? He does seem to have lots of bad luck, but I don't know if he's cursed or... Just an idiot. My class is doing a play for the Sasquatch Centennial. The what? The Sasquatch Centennial. Sasquatch means half, and Centennial means 100. So it's one and a half hundred. 150 years since the town was founded. What are they teaching these kids? We're going to do a play about the beginning of the town at the celebration next week. I'm playing the founder, Klaus Kepler. I get to throw a bucket of water on someone. Okay. Albert Kepler, his brother was a drunk and a gambler, and he lost all the money to get the railroad to go through the town. I get to throw a bucket of water on the brother. It's going to be great. I see. It's all in Helen Schneider's book. Her book? Albert was sleeping, and Klaus threw a bucket of water on him and told him to leave town. He cursed the town. Klaus Kepler, his family, and all of his descendants before he left. He sounds really busy. Do you think I should play him with a German accent? He was German? Yeah. Klaus Kepler, that's a very German name. He came from Germany in the 1840s with his brother Albert. I didn't know that. I think I'm going to do a German accent. It will make it more real. You do that. I'm going to have to practice. I gotta go tell my mom. Welcome. Just grab a place anywhere and have a seat. Mind if I sit at the counter right here? Sure thing. Coffee? I'd love some. Nice day. Sure is. So, what brings you through Kepler? I came specifically to find Kepler. Well, not many people come specifically to Kepler because it's off the interstate. Here you go. Thank you. Do you have family in town? I don't know. Oh, well, if, if you're here to find out if you have ancestors here, we have both a Catholic cemetery... And a Lutheran cemetery in town. Well, I'm not really here to look at gravestones, but uh, now that you mention it, I might have a look around. Where are the Keplers buried? Well, they're buried in both cemeteries. Well, some people think about their Swedish side, so they're buried in the Lutheran cemetery. And some think they're German, and they're buried in the Catholic cemetery. So take your pick. Well, I'm looking for the... Ow! 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 ow oh, jeez! Ow! Oh, here, here, here. Take, oh, take this towel. Oh, take right this towel. Take, 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 oh, God, that's oh. hot. Oh. Ow. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. It's cooling down a little bit. That was really clumsy Don't. Me. Don't worry about it. I'm afraid stuff like this happens to me all no, the no, time. No, 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 no. It's no big deal. I've had people spill coffee in here before. You, you don't understand. 
This happens to me all the time. I'm cursed. Cursed? Yes, cursed. That's why I've come to Kepler. I heard there's a Kepler curse, and I want to find out if it is real. Well, there is a legend of a Kepler curse. Yeah, I read about it on that plaque on the way into town. Well, then you know about the two brothers and the founding of the town. According to that plaque, yes. But that's a bunch of lies. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I don't know about I that. I do. My great, great, great grandfather was Albert Kepler. What? We were told in school that he died and never married. Well, then you were told a lie. My grandfather left North Dakota and settled south of San Francisco. He had five children. Most of the descendants live in California. We've, we've never had descendants of Albert Kepler come to town. Well, there were a few Germans that came through town a while back that said they were distant relatives. Yeah, I know. They made their way to California. They were putting together a book about the Kepler family. That's when I heard about the story of Klaus Kepler and the founding of the town. Seems that Klaus invented quite a legend for himself out here in North Dakota. Well, I'm sure most of it is true. Not really. Let me tell you the truth. The diner fades away and we see the same dusty road leading to a barn. A similar thunder rolls in the background, but something seems different this time. talk to you I just want to give her something you can give it to me I want to give it to her she's not coming to the door I'm gonna leave this town and I'm never coming back but before I go I want you to answer one question what there was never gonna be a railroad built through this town was there no so it was all a ruse. Well, I wanted a train to come. Be honest for once, Klaus. Everything about the train was a lie to get Astrid. It's time for you to go, Albert. She was the one good thing in my life, Klaus. You had to take her. She doesn't love you. She did it one time. We were going to have a family together. Why did you have to take her? You need to leave. Give her this. What is it? It's a picture of you and Elsa and me and Astrid. What do you want me to... Just give it to her. You at least owe me that. Goodbye, Albert. I can see you in the window up there, Astrid. What you and Klaus have done is evil. This town will never be a holy place. I put a curse on you! I put a curse on this town, and I put a curse on all your descendants! Who was Elsa? Klaus's first wife. She died of smallpox. And Astrid? She was Albert's wife. Klaus took her. How do you know this? The story was passed down from my grandfather. Well, maybe he made it up. There is the picture. 
Find the picture and you'll see the truth. Well, if there really was a picture, well, I'm sure Klaus would have destroyed it. Maybe. Well, we'll probably never know the truth. Are there any descendants of Klaus in the town? Uh, yeah. Uh, Tanner is a descendant. Miss Tanner. Does he seem to have bad luck following with no logical explanation? He's had a few things happen to him. My parents' car was hit while they were taking me home from the hospital. Well, I hardly I was think... struck by lightning at age eight. I'm, I'm sorry. I was sitting next to three friends. None of them were struck. Well, that is strange. What's strange is that there wasn't a cloud in the sky, and my friend Jimmy was holding an aluminum bat up, and he wasn't hit. Ouch. A few years ago, I was sitting at a stoplight, and a sinkhole opened beneath me, and my car was swallowed up. That is some bad luck. I asked my mother about it, but she didn't want to tell me. Finally, she told me about the legend of the Kepler curse. Now I'm out here to see if it is true. Most people think Tanner just makes bad choices. I used to believe that, too. Now, I'm not so sure. There have been too many problems for them all to be just bad luck. Well, so what is it that you want? I want the curse to stop. But I'm afraid it's too powerful. I prayed about it. I've been to confession. I went to a fortune teller. She said she could see a black aura around me, and there was nothing she could do about it. I even went to a witch. How did you find a witch? I live in California. It's not hard to find a witch. What did she say? She said the spell was too strong and she couldn't break it. it. Wouldn't kill me, but it would torment me. She told me not to have kids. Do you have kids? No. I do not want to pass this on. Is, is anyone left from your family? Nope. I'm the last one. Well, unfortunately, I don't think Tanner is the last one. He'll probably have some kids someday. Does he have a wife? No, no. None of the girls around here are dumb enough to date him. That's good. Well, that's what I think. But that doesn't mean he won't keep looking. I should talk to him. I don't think that's a good idea. He would use that as an excuse to keep doing dumb things. I never thought of that. His idiocy is infinite. Excuse me, I, I should go check on that. Is everyone okay back there? Well, that was the strangest thing. There wasn't anything wrong back there. Hello? Hello? Now, where did he go? He left? Oh, oh, jeez. You scared me half to death, Jack. Where did you come from? I had to use the bathroom. Did you hear the crash in the back? No. I must be hearing things. Do you believe him? Believe who? That stranger. Do you believe that he's cursed? I don't know. Sounds kind of like a fanciful story. Do you think Klaus stole his brother's wife? Well, it's possible, but I, I don't think we'll ever know. Who was that mysterious stranger? And was he right about Albert Kepler? Is the entire history of the Kepler town based on a lie? We go back to Mrs. Fisher's class as they are preparing for the Kepler 150th anniversary pageant. You have your assignments. Get together with your partners and read through your scripts. I will come around with Helen Schneider's book and show you the passage that you are presenting. Do you really think this story is true, Agnes? Miss Fisher says it's true. I know that, but what if it's all made up? Who would make it up? Klaus. Let's just read the script. Okay. <clears throat> My dearest Astrid, I'm afraid we don't have the money to pay off the railroad men. Oh, Klaus, what will we do? 
I'm afraid the railroad is going to go through the Cowtown Fargo up to the north of us. Oh no, Klaus. There's nothing to that town. Kepler is much better town to run the railroad through. Well, if my brother hadn't gambled all of our money away... I knew there was something bad about your brother. I tell you, Astrid, we came over from Germany together, fought in the war between the states, and tried to build our futures together in these uncharted territories up in the Dakotas. But my brother wasn't to be trusted. Whatever shall we do, Klaus? I'm going to build you the mansion I promised you, and we are going to make our home here and raise our family. I believe in you, Klaus. Very good, you two. You both have a natural talent for acting. I've dabbled in a little stage acting myself. Have either of you two seen Music Man? No. Well, I played the part of Eulalie McKechnie Shin, the mayor's wife. I was one of the pick-a-little ladies. Pick-a-little, talk-a-little, pick-a-little, talk-a-little, cheep, 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 talk-a-lot, pick-a-little more. (laughs) We did it in the high school gym about mm, 15 years ago. We were trying to start a community theater back then. The Kepler Players. That was a great show. Did either of you see it? I'm nine. Mm, I suppose you both missed it then. Yes. In the Pick a Little song, we were only supposed to walk in a circle and sing, but I didn't think that was visual enough. So I had the ladies over to my house, and I came up with choreography in our garage. We worked for three solid days on that number. When we came back to the rehearsal with it, Mr. Cordray, the band teacher at the high school at the time, and also the director, said we didn't need a dance for that number. It took me a full half hour to convince him to let us at least show him the dance number. We did it, and it was a sight. Even though Evelyn tripped over a volleyball because the girls' volleyball team was practicing in there at the same time, Evelyn was a little clumsy, the children in the chorus clapped for us, but Mr. Cordray told me that it was cut. Well, as you know, Mr. Cordray only lasted one more year at the high school. It's no wonder he never really had much of a vision, if you ask me. I like to dance. Unfortunately, that was the last production put on by the Kepler Players and our dream of building a community theater right next to the Catholic Church never came to fruition. I keep hoping we'll get a chance at putting on another show someday. Mrs. Fisher? I really want to play Annie Oakley in Annie Get Your Gun. I think I can hold my own with Ethel Merman in the song Anything You Can Do. Anything you can do, I can do better. Anything I can do better than you. Mrs. Fisher? We really need to get some theater back in this town. Mrs. Fisher? Yes, Jack? You know, the two of you might just be good enough to play two of the Von Trapp children in The Sound of Music. Oh, I'm probably too old to play Maria, but I could play the Mother Superior. Climb every mountain, ford every stream. Uh, Mrs. Fisher? Follow every rainbow. Mrs. Fisher? You could play Kurt Jack. He might be a little old for you, though. He's 11. You would be perfect for Brigitta, Agnes. Can either of you sing? No. Do we have to memorize the script the way it was written? What? Of course. You can't change the song. Do a deer, a female deer, ray a drop of golden sun. You'd have people throwing cabbages at the stage. No, I meant the Kepler script. There's no singing in the Kepler script. I know that. 
Can we change the Kepler script? Why would you want to change the Kepler script? What if it isn't true? Of course it's true. I overheard a man in the diner say that it was all made up. It has to be true. It's on the rock at the edge of town. But what if it isn't? It's right here on page 38 of Helen Schneider's book, Kepler, Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. Is that Astrid in the picture? It certainly is. She looks mad. Everyone looks mad in old pictures. They were told not to smile. I always smile in my pictures. Is that Klaus? It certainly is. Where's his brother, Albert? Here's a picture of him and Klaus on the next page. He doesn't look like a gambler. That's the problem with gamblers. They look like everyone else. How do we know he was a gambler? It's right here in the book. But how do we know that? Klaus said he was. Then he ran him out of town. What if Klaus made that up? Now, why would he make up a thing like that? I don't know. Maybe he didn't like Albert. Who doesn't like their brother? I don't like my brother. They came to North Dakota from Germany together. They love each other. It just seems strange that we're only getting the story from Klaus and we don't know Albert's side of the story. Albert moved out west and died. Did he have any children? Of course not. How do you know? Because they would have come back to Kepler. Now, I think you two should get back to working on your script. I think we better just stick to the script. I suppose. Hey, do you want to come over and see the house? We're fixing up the old Kepler mansion. I can show you the porch where Klaus dumped water on Albert. Sure, we can work on memorizing our lines. You're listening to The Kepler Curse by Kevin Kennedy. Part of the Kepler Radio Play series exclusively on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM, KFGO. Welcome back to The Kepler Curse by Kevin Kennedy. Part of the Kepler Radio Play series exclusively on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM, KFGO. At the edge of town near Pete's Pond, we find the oldest building in Kepler. It was once home to the town's founder and is now in the midst of being updated. Carolyn and her son Jack now own the Kepler mansion and are fixing it up to be a bed and breakfast. The nosy and busybody Helen Schneider is currently working to convince Carolyn to offer a book she has written to guests. I think it makes a great coffee table book. Kepler, Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow by Helen Schneider. If you put one right here in the living room of the Kepler Mansion, some of your guests will pick it up and surely will want a copy. H.S. Publishing? Oh, that stands for Her Stories Publishing. I've never heard the name of that publisher before. That's because I named it. My initials are H.S., and I wondered what would be a good name for a publisher. So you self-published this book? Yes, but I wanted people to think it was from a legitimate publisher. And you thought Her Stories was a good name for a publisher. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> I think it gives it a personal feel. How much did it cost you to print? $5 per copy. But I am selling them for $20. I think you can sell them here to your guests for $25 per copy. I'll cut you in on the profits. I'll give you $1 for each book sold. 
The Kepler Mansion is mentioned right in the first chapter. I took the liberty to wrap them each in brown paper. If you put them right on the pillow for each guest, their curiosity will get the better of them, and they'll have to unwrap them. <laughs> and once they're unwrapped, they'll have to buy them, just like those little bottles of liquor in those fancy hotels. That seems a little shady. Oh, once people get the chance to read this book, you'll have customers from far and wide. How many copies have you sold? I sold one to Clara over at the retirement home. Oh, she's losing her marbles a little bit, so I'm hoping she'll leave it out in the common room and others will see it and want a copy. Well, I suppose. There you are, Gilbert. Where have you been? I was talking to Cameron about building the platform out in front of Town Hall. Will he have it done by next week? If the lumber comes. And the fireworks? There aren't going to be any fireworks, Helen. How can you have a grand sesquicentennial celebration without fireworks? They're too expensive. Oh, hogwash. How much could a few fireworks cost? $10,000 for the cheap ones. Oh, you must be able to get a discount because it's our 150-year anniversary for this town. There's no discount. In fact, the guy on the phone said they wanted an extra 500 bucks to even come to Kepler. I have told you many times, Gilbert, that your negotiation skills leave something to be desired. I brought my tools, Carolyn, to patch up that hole you have in the kitchen wall. Uh, it's right in that area. We're going to make it into a breakfast nook. Is Jack around? He's out back skipping rocks in the pond. I could use a little help. Just give him a holler. I'm sure he'd be glad to help. I swear, I had to remind Gilbert 30 times to come over and fix that hole. That's fine. You've made a lot of progress. Tanner falling off the roof slowed things down a bit. Oh, you should never have hired him to fix the shingles in the first place. I'm just glad there was a bush that he landed on. You know, he's a direct descendant of Klaus Kepler, the founder of the town that built this house. I didn't know that. Yes, he's Kepler through and through. The descendants are all victims of the Kepler curse. I didn't know that. Yes, I have a whole chapter about the curse in my book. I guess I'll have to read it. I can give you a discount. I'll sell it to you for $20. Oh, I thought you might give me one. Oh, my publisher won't let me give out any free copies. <laughs> Grandpa Gill, do you think the story about the founding of this town by Klaus Kepler is true? It better be, or Helen's book won't sell. And I won't ever get to park my car back in the garage. Hand me that hammer. I saw that book at school. Yeah, she's been working on it for 20 years. There's a picture of Klaus and Astrid standing on the porch of this house. Yeah, he built it back in 1870, if Helen's book is correct. Did you read the book? Uh, uh, I skimmed parts of it. She seems to know a lot about the founding of Kepler. Uh, hand me that screwdriver, would you? What are you doing? I'm going to pry off this piece and we'll take a fresh sheet of sheetrock to cover over the whole area. Why are you doing that? Because this board here is loose and needs to be replaced. Why didn't you just nail the board down? It's old and is an odd length. I think just replacing it will be easier. Here, let me give you the board. Why is there all this newspaper in the wall? I don't know. This paper is from 1893. And this one is from 1926. And this one is from 1944. They probably put this newspaper in here for insulation to keep the house warm. What's down there? Where? At the bottom of the hole underneath the paper. It's a tin box. Why is that there? It looks like this board was meant to be loose so they could hide something here in the wall. What's in it? A whole bunch of stuff. There's baby shoes in there. It's an old tradition to hide baby shoes in the walls of a new house so the house has good luck and lots of babies. Is that a metal? 
It appears to be. It looks like it's from the Civil War. Grandma Helen's book says Klaus Kepler and his brother fought in the Civil War. I guess Helen's book is quite accurate. Can I hold it? Sure. I bet he had to kill a lot of bad guys to get this. Well, you don't really have to do that. It's probably for showing bravery in battle. You mean he didn't have to kill any bad guys? I don't know. It might mean that he saved some guys in battle. Oh. This looks like an old medicine bottle. And this is a land deed. What's that? It means the person that has this owns all of the land on this piece of paper. This is probably the deed to the land of Kepler. Why do they have all the stuff in here? It was probably meant to be a time capsule. What's that? It's a box full of items that have memories attached. Then people open it in the future to see what life was like before. This has been here a long time. I bet Klaus Kepler put it here. Maybe, but here are some World War II bonds. What does that mean? It means that people have put things in here 70 years apart. What's a bond? It's how they paid for the war. Can I put something in the time capsule? Sure, you will be moving in soon. What do you want to put in here? A letter. Okay, and what do you want to say in the letter? How soon will they open it? I don't know. It's been about 80 years since the war bonds. I wonder what will happen in 80 years. You don't need to tell them about their time. You should let them know what life is like in your time. Will they know about Klaus Kepler? Probably. Will they know about the curse? Maybe. Do you believe in the curse? I don't know. Is Tanner related to Klaus Kepler? I guess so. Do you think he is cursed? He certainly has bad luck. That could be the curse. It could be. If he is cursed, then that means the whole town is cursed. I, I suppose. Do you feel cursed? Not really. Me neither. That means the curse isn't real. I never really thought it was real. If it's not real, what does that mean for Tanner? He just seems to have bad luck. Is that a harmonica? Yuck, it tastes like rust. Perhaps you could just include the cost of the book into the price of the room. That way they'd have it ready for them when they check in. That's a thought. What is going on in here? Are you two playing music? We found a harmonica. My father played harmonica. He was quite good, actually. Play me something on the harmonica, Jack. It tastes like rust. What are you doing, Gilbert? You were supposed to fix the hole. We found treasure. There's a box in the wall. It looks like a time capsule. I'm going to put a letter in there to tell them what life was like now. So when they open it in 80 years, they'll know how we live. I might still be living here, but you'll be too old, Mom, and you'll have to move into the retirement home with Grandma Helen. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Jack, that I'll still be alive. I'll be 145 years old in 80 years. Why do you think it will be 80 years? Because we found war bonds from World War II. That was 80 years ago. What else was in there? We found a land deed, a Civil War medal. A Civil War medal? Oh, let me see that. Klaus Kepler served with distinction in the Civil War. I wrote about it in my book. With malice toward none, with charity for all. Oh, I bet he was given this for his distinctive service in the Civil War. Possibly. It doesn't say his name on it. This gives me the idea for another book. Uh-oh. 
Kepler Treasures. Maybe you should concentrate on selling the first book. I could go around Kepler getting antiques from everyone and tell the story of Kepler through different artifacts. I can't park in the garage now because of all the books. That would be an interesting way to tell the history of Kepler. The palette is huge. I could talk to Marjorie. Her house is like a museum. I really want to get the car in the garage by the first snowfall. Patricia has those lamps from the 1800s. I don't want to have to sweep the snow off the car each time it snows. I'll bet Klaus Kepler once used one of her lamps. Especially if they plow my car in after a huge snowfall. Oh, Carolyn, you could dedicate one of the bedrooms to being a little bookstore. There's only three extra bedrooms. I could do author signings. Daryl, Jack, and I are going to use the other two. I could write a whole series of books about Kepler. I'd hate to tie up one of those rooms with a bunch of books. We could have roundtable discussions. Let's just make sure we sell the first book. It would almost be like a library. Oh, guests could read in there and have coffee. Oh, oh, let me see what room would work best. Oh, dear. Grandpa Gil, do you really think Klaus Kepler was a war hero? I don't know. It's possible. What if Albert was the hero and Klaus took that from him, too? What? If Klaus took Albert's wife, maybe he took his medals, too. What are you talking about? Klaus took Albert's wife, Astrid. Was that in Helen's book? I better read it a little closer. No, some guy came into the diner and he told Ray that. What guy? Some guy related to Albert Kepler. He said Klaus stole Albert's wife after Klaus's wife died with smallpox. Well, that's a much different story. Yeah, but I don't know if it's true. I hope for the sake of Helen's book it's not true or I'll never park in the garage again. How would I find out if it's true? I'm not sure. I have to find that picture. What picture? The one with Klaus and Elsa, and Albert and Astrid. Who is Elsa? Klaus's first wife, the one that died with smallpox. Well, that certainly is a different story than Helen's book. I'm really excited to play Klaus in the pageant next week, but what if he's the bad guy? All great actors have to play bad guys. I don't want him to seem like a good guy, though, if he's really a bad guy. Don't you worry about that, Jack. You just go out there and play him the best you can. Maybe there really is a curse. Why do you say that? Because if someone stole my wife and my medals, I would put a curse on them too. I don't really think someone has the power to curse someone else. Can I show Agnes this stuff? Who's Agnes? She's the girl in my class playing Astrid. Is she your girlfriend? Yeah, she's a girl and a friend. I meant, never mind. Do you want to leave this stuff out on the table to show her? No, let's put it back in the box and put it back in the wall. I want to show her how we found it. Your mom wants me to patch this hole up. No, I want to keep it. I'm going to write a letter and put it in the wall. She might get mad. No, she won't get mad. I think she'll get mad if Grandma Helen puts a bunch of books in one of the rooms. That would make me mad. You're listening to The Kepler Curse by Kevin Kennedy, part of the Kepler Radio Play series exclusively on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM, KFGO. Welcome back to The Kepler Curse by Kevin Kennedy, part of the Kepler Radio series exclusively on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM, KFGO. 
Kepler is just one day away from celebrating their 150th anniversary. The Big Rock on the edge of town has been spruced up to welcome visitors from all over the state of North Dakota. Everyone in Kepler is busy helping. There's only one problem. Young Jack is playing the role of the town's founder, Klaus Kepler in the big pageant, but after a mysterious stranger came to town and shattered the myth about the founding of Kepler, Jack has been searching for answers. Was Klaus Kepler really a wonderful guy, or has history faded the truth about what happened between the Kepler brothers 150 years ago? That looks really good, Daryl. I'll probably have to put on a second coat of paint. It'll be worth it when it's done. Say, what is that stack in the kitchen, Carolyn? What stack? Uh, that stack wrapped in brown paper. I think they're books. Oh, yeah, those are books. Books of what? Helen wrote a book about Kepler, and she wants me to sell them to our guests. <laughs> Why? Because she's only sold one herself, and she wants me to help. Is she paying you? I get $1 for every book I sell. Who on earth is going to buy a book about Kepler? I guess whomever we have stay here. She has 1,000 of them. No one is going to buy that book. That's what I think. Then why didn't you tell her no? Helen can be very persuasive. She dropped 10 copies off at the diner. She wants Ray to put them on display by the register. What did Ray do? He put them by the register, but then Cheryl saw them and she was having none of that. So she put them on the shelf in the back next to the mayonnaise. The next time Helen goes in there, she's going to think that Ray sold them. That's what I thought. Gil said he'd give me money every month to give to her, so she thinks we're selling them. <laughs> Are you crazy? Then she'll think it's popular and she'll print some more. I don't know what to do. Gil wants them out of the garage. Why doesn't he just throw them away? Have you ever spent 10 minutes with Helen? Gil would have to move out of North Dakota if he ever did that. She would remind him of it every time they talked. That's true. I mentioned that I liked her lemonade one time, and she brings over a gallon of it every week. I wondered why it was never going down. Jack drinks it, but I can't stand it. It makes my mouth pucker something fierce. I tried it, and it was awful. I pour it on the flowers out back. I'll have to pour it down the sink when it gets cold. You just have to tell her, Carolyn. I don't want to hurt her feelings. They've been so nice to us. You can't go through life just lying to Helen Schneider because you don't want to hurt her feelings. Why? Gil's done it for 40 years. Knock, knock. Speak of the devil. Oh, Daryl, that paint job seems a little thin. You'll probably have to put on a second coat. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Gil always likes to get the cheapest paint, but it never pays off in the long run. You always have to put on a second coat. You might as well get the good stuff right away. I'll keep that in mind. Is Tanner using the cheap stuff outside? Uh, because that will mean he has to take twice as long up on that scaffolding you put up. Tanner is likely to fall down if he's up there too long. He's been pretty safe. Tanner? Oh, Daryl, I would bet you a year's worth of wages that Tanner hurts himself before the house is done being painted. I've been keeping an eye on him, Helen. There aren't enough eyes in Kepler to keep on Tanner. That boy broke a stack of his grandmother's dishes, taking them out of the cupboard. Every last dish. Those were her good china. He's painted the whole south side of the house, and he's done a good job. There are four sides to this house, I might remind you. 
Uh, would you like some lemonade, Helen? No, oh, I have plenty at home. Oh, in fact, I was going to ask you if you needed a refill. Gil doesn't drink as much when it gets to the fall, and I have five gallons in my refrigerator. Oh, no, we have plenty. Well, get to drinking it, and I'll bring a gallon over tomorrow. Oh, the house is really taking shape. I should be going. I'll check in tomorrow and bring you some more lemonade. You really don't have to. Oh, hogwash. Jack will be home soon, and he's usually good for a couple of glasses a day. Now make sure he practices his scene for the pageant. It's all happening tomorrow. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye, Helen. Bye. I guess my flowers need to be watered today. Why didn't you say something? I didn't see you speaking up. Well, she... She... She frightens me. You're a cop. I'd rather deal with a deranged murderer than with Helen Schneider. Well, I just want you to know that this is going to be our life if we go through with this. She lives just across the street, and she's going to be stopping by all the time. I hadn't really thought of that. Well, you'd better think about it. It won't be that bad. I hope you like lemonade. porch where Klaus poured water on Albert? Yeah, I think he was right over there. Miss Fisher said you can't pour water on Mason. I know. I just hope he remembers his lines. He said he was going to write them on his hands. Mrs. Fisher told Mason that she wanted him to play Oliver Twist in the musical Oliver. Who's Oliver Twist? I think he's one of the kids in that musical about the singing hills. The one she keeps singing... That's called the sound of music. I don't think I'm going to do that one if Mrs. Fisher does it. I hear her sing enough in school. She's going to sing at the pageant tomorrow. What? She wrote some song about Kepler and she told Mrs. Schneider that she wants to sing it. Oh, do you like lemonade? Sure. Grandma Helen makes lots of lemonade and brings it over. My mom won't drink it. She pours most of it on her flowers. She told me I could have as much as I want. Ma, are you here? She doesn't work today. I wonder where she is. It looks like she's been painting. Daryl does most of the painting. Then why is Tanner painting outside? Daryl is paying him. He said he wants to keep him off the streets. What's he doing on the streets? I don't know. He says Tanner only gets in trouble when he's in the streets. Is this house haunted? I don't know. I haven't seen any ghosts. They only come out at night. We haven't slept overnight here yet. This house is creepy. I think it's cool. It's old and make lots of sounds. I bet you won't say that when you see a ghost. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I think they're cool. Have you ever seen a real ghost? No. You won't think they're so cool when you see them. I've read some books on ghosts. I don't think they really want to scare people. I think they just want to find peace or hang out where they used to live. Did Klaus and Astrid Kepler die in this house? I think so. It's in Grandma Helen's book. Then I bet their ghosts haunt this place. They have those big stones over at the Catholic cemetery. I went over there this summer and saw them. I'd be scared to go into a cemetery. It's not scary. Besides, there was some guy mowing the lawn in there when I went into it.
let's get some lemonade. We just got this refrigerator because mom needed to have a place to put the lemonade. That's a lot of lemonade. My real grandpa won't drink it. He says it tastes like rust. Grandma Helen makes it with real lemons. She doesn't use sugar. Do you have any sugar? I don't think I can drink it. My mom says it will grow hair on my chest, but I haven't seen any hair yet. My dad has hair on his chest. I wonder if he drinks lemonade. <sighs> wow, you drink that fast. It's easier that way. If you drink it too slow, your mouth puckers shut. Do you want to practice? We have the show tomorrow. I'm not too worried. Mrs. Fisher made us practice it 400 times this week. She wants to show our class off. Let me show you something first. It's over here behind this table, next to the wall. It's a secret compartment. It's even better. It's a time capsule. A time capsule? It's when people that used to live in the house put stuff in the walls for people to find years later. There's baby shoes in there? Baby shoes are supposed to bring good luck. Here's some paper. A little bottle? A harmonica? Hey, I wouldn't blow that. It tastes like... Ugh, it tastes like rust. Yeah, I know. Drink some lemonade. It will burn the bad taste out of your mouth. That helped. These are World War II bonds. What are those? They were supposed to pay for the war. I wonder if you can get money for them. Grandma Helen is going to write another book about them. Has anyone read her other books? I think Mrs. Fisher has. What is that? What? Right there, at the bottom of the wall. It's a picture. What is it a picture of? Two couples. That looks like... Klaus Kepler. And that's Astrid Kepler. And that's Albert Kepler. Who's the woman with Klaus? That must be his wife. He's married to Astrid. But Astrid is standing next to Albert, and the other lady is standing next to Klaus. The guy in the diner said Klaus's first wife died of smallpox. What guy? One of Albert Kepler's descendants. I thought he never married. That's what the book says, but this guy came into the diner claiming to be a descendant of Albert Kepler's. Helen's going to have to write another chapter book. The guy claimed that Klaus stole Albert's wife after she died of smallpox. How does he know that? He said the story was passed down. He said Klaus ran Albert out of town so that he could have Astrid as his wife. Right before he left Kepler, he gave Klaus a picture of the two couples and asked him to give it to Astrid. I'll bet Klaus hid it in the wall rather than give it to Astrid. Then this picture is proof. Yes, and Albert put a curse on Kepler and all of Klaus's descendants. This guy said he'd been cursed his whole life. So, the curse is real? Yes. And the story we are taught in school is a lie? Yes. What are we going to do, Jack? We have to perform tomorrow and it's all a lie. I don't know. Big day has arrived. 
People from all over the region have arrived in Kepler for the 150th anniversary celebration. Carnival rides, corn dogs, popcorn, and soda pop line the streets as people help the little town of Kepler celebrate. But what will Jack do now that he knows the town's founder is not what history has portrayed him to be? We join the festivities as self-appointed Grand Marshal of the sesquicentennial Helen Schneider delivers some important notes to attendees. I just want to remind everyone that the Kepler Founders Day pageant will be starting in a few minutes. I don't want anyone to miss it. This is the definitive story about the founding of Kepler. You can also read all about it in my book, Kepler, Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, on sale at the table in front of the stage. Today only, I will be offering a Founders Day discount for only $21. No home in Kepler should be without a copy. I was told by the publisher of Her Stories Press that this is a limited printing and supplies are going fast. Make sure to catch me and I will sign it for free. You're the publisher. They don't know that. $21? Isn't the regular cost $20? Oh, hush, Gilbert. I'm priming the pump. You don't know anything about selling, do you? Apparently not. Oh, Marjorie, that is the most delightful dress I have seen here today. Hey, did you get a chance to buy my book? Jack was acting weird this morning. I'm sure he's just nervous, Carolyn. He's worried he'll forget his lines. Well, I could go up there and do them for him. I've practiced them so many times with him. Is he going to do the uh, German accent? Apparently, the boy that is playing Albert Kepler, Mason, is going to do a German accent, but Jack thinks he's going to forget his lines, so he got some lines ready in case. He looks great in his old-timey suit. Helen redid the tailoring on him five times, and Mrs. Fisher is the one that insisted that he wear the mustache and goatee to be historically accurate. (laughs) He looks like Colonel Sanders. Now, children... I am going to go out and sing my song before you put on the show. Maddie, you and Emma come out when I give you the hand signal from the stage. Everyone wants to see that beautiful banner we made in class. Now, kids, I want you all to go through my breathing exercises with me. Two, three, four, five, and exhale. Again. <gasps> Two, three, four, five, and exhale. <laughs> Repeat after me. Aluminum, linoleum, aluminum. Aluminum, linoleum, aluminum. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. These are the same exercises that Elaine Stritch did on Broadway. Who's Elaine Stritch? She was in Stephen Sondheim's company and in Pal Joey and the King and I... And she played Auntie Mame in Mame. Haven't you children ever seen a Broadway musical? I've never been out of Kepler. Well, 
children. Your musical education starts on Monday. I am going to sing you a different musical number every day in class. Oh, no. I have a collection of over 100 Broadway show records, and I'll bring them in so we can all listen. I hope I ordered enough porta-potties. It's going to be fine, Gil. Most people can walk home if they have to go bad enough. How many people do you suppose are here? I'd say most of the town. Over a thousand people, at least. Four porta-potties isn't enough? They can use the bathrooms in the diner if necessary. They're all going into the Catholic Church. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kepler Founders Day celebration. It is officially the sesquicentennial of Kepler. It was founded 150 years ago in 1871. Kepler was just a patch of dirt on the side of a cow path that wasn't even a, a town yet. Two brothers, Klaus and Albert Kepler, came to the United States with a dream. A dream to make something of themselves. One of them realized that dream and the other one was forgotten. You can read about this in greater detail in my book, Kepler, Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, on sale over at the side of the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to start off with a little song composed by our own Carol Fisher, the fourth grade teacher at Kepler Elementary. Carol? Thank you. Thank you. This is a little song I wrote for the occasion. See if you can recognize the melody. Walking down Main Street in spring or in summer, calling on Randy when I need a plumber, excited for packages Amazon brings. These are a few of my favorite things. Large snow piles piled up at the end of my street, wearing bread bags and boots on my feet. Kids don't know how great Kepler was before the internet caused such a bug. When the show starts, when the bell rings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad. What is she singing about? I have no idea. Having the children cut out paper hearts, what's really vital are theatrical arts. Watching a musical won't get you down. We need a theater right here in this town. We need music. We need theater. And we need it bad. I want to play Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. And then I won't feel so sad. Thank you for that. Carol, we are all truly inspired by your voice. Girls, you can bring out the banner now. Here is the name of our pageant. Kepler, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That just so happens to also be the name of my book, which is on sale at the table right over there. Let's give the girls a round of applause. They made this banner yesterday. It's time for the pageant. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Kepler, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Did Mrs. Fisher run off crying? 
Looks like it. What was with that song? She wants to be on Broadway, I think. I hope Helen sells some of her books. I lugged a hundred copies out here today. I wouldn't hold my breath. I can't park in the garage. The pallet of books takes up my parking space. That's what you said. I might have to put them on shelves all over the house. Do you have that much space? No! Do you have any open shelves at your house? And that's when Klaus could no longer take it. I want you gone from this town by sundown, Albert. We are no longer brothers. Mason! Mason, that's your line! What is that you say, Albert? You are putting a curse on me and my family and the whole town? Oh, that's good, Jack. Well, I just want you to know, curses always put a curse on the people that cast them. Your family will be cursed also. Wait, that's... that's not in the script. Klaus? Is Albert gone? He is, my dear, but I must warn you, he put a curse on us before he left. I don't believe in curses. You'd better believe in this one, because it is real. Albert put a curse on us because I stole you from him and made you my wife. What are you talking about? He gave me this picture, Astrid, a picture of him and you as man and wife. I'm in the picture with my wife, Elsa, before she died with smallpox. Oh, Klaus, no one can know this truth. I will hide this picture in the walls of our house. Future generations will think we were always a couple because I will put a rock on the edge of town telling the story of Kepler. No one will ever know the truth. Wait, wait, wait. Where did you hear this story? A stranger came into the diner and said he was a descendant of Albert Kepler. There are no descendants of Albert Kepler. He told me about the picture. Let me see that. Where did you get this? I found it in the wall yesterday. Well, maybe this man was just making things up. It's all true. I was there when he came in. So is the legend of Kepler, is, is it all fake? Hey, uh, can I get a refund on this book? No, there are no refunds. Yeah, but this book is fake. It's not fake. You can still get a copy while supplies last over at the table. A special sale price today, only $10. Well, I paid $21. $6. Charge less. I have to make a profit. Give them away. $5 today only. Somebody's going to have to change that plaque on the rock at the edge of town. Can I take the books out of the garage, Helen? I'm going to sell them. To whom? Those will be collector's items someday. Just like those stamps that they printed the airplane upside down that are now worth a fortune. I want to park in the garage before it snows. Gilbert Schneider, have I ever asked you for one thing in the whole of our marriage? Can I just park in the garage for a change? Come on, I mean, do I have to brush the snow off my car all winter long? What are you talking about? This was a presentation of The Kepler Curse, part of the Kepler Radio Play series. The Kepler Curse was written by Kevin Kennedy, story by Kevin Kennedy and J.J. Gordon, produced by J.J. Gordon, featuring the voice talents of Jay Nelson, Pam Strait, Judy Lewis, Noah Moline, Allie Juvie, Phil Goodell, Clara Moline, Gary Troxell, Jerry Barnum, Kevin Kennedy, Michael Murphy, and Oakley the Horse. The residents of Kepler remind you, stop by anytime you're in the area.